Hello, therapists. Welcome to Align with the Massage Business Mama. I am so excited to have you here for part two of our email series. So I'm a huge proponent of email marketing. And in part two, we are going to be focused specifically on subject headings. And ironically, I have a little story for you about how important email marketing is before we really dive in with our guest and get into all that is subject heading. So since I released our first episode of this series, my social media accounts were hacked. And what that means is I lost access to Facebook, I lost access to Instagram, I lost access to WhatsApp, I lost access to messaging, I lost access to all of the content, all of my groups, all of everything. So basically, someone had hacked into my ad account, tried to take over my ad account. When they unsuccessfully took over my ad account, they posted some content that goes against Facebook standards, and I have been banned from my social media platforms. At this point, I'm not really sure for how long. So this could have been extremely devastating. And while it's it's been problematic, for sure, it hasn't been that hugely catastrophic, devastating occurrence that it could have been if I was relying solely on social media for marketing purposes. So because I I do rely on social media media for my marketing purposes, but because I also rely on email marketing, I have been able to recover from this otherwise really awful thing that could have just really dismantled my business. And so my, my business has not been dismantled. Yes, my business has been disrupted. And yes, I'm hoping for a quick resolution to this. But because I have other things like email marketing in place, things have not stopped. I, I still have inquiries coming in. I still, I still am able to conduct business. And so, like I said, before we get into the subject heading area that we're going to be talking about today, I just really want you to think about are you diversified? Are you using multiple methods to market your message? Because if you aren't, things can get ripped out from underneath you real quick if you aren't careful. And I don't want to see that happen to you where you're left going, that's the only way that I market my business. How else am I supposed to get the word out there about myself? I want you to have multiple avenues you can pull from if one of those avenues gets pulled out. Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hardworking, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. So today we are joined by Susan Baron Finn of Rise Above Noise. And Susan is a digital marketing guide And today we are going to be talking about email marketing. So before we get going too far, Susan, I just wanted to share your kind of your tagline for 
your business because I just, I really resonate with it. And I just feel like my audience probably would as well. So I'm just reading this straight from your website, riseabovenoise.com. So heart-centered entrepreneurs and service-based professionals manage your online marketing so you attract more prospects and grow your business. Save time, protect your energy, be more effective. So I just, I really love this because one of my huge mottos is to protect our energy because it's our number one resource. And I, I just think that all of this just, it's great. Thank you for saying that. And you know what, Allie, that's funny that you just said that because this is what I've been saying, especially in the past couple of years with what we've gone through, that time and energy truly are our only true currency. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So thank you. Thank you for putting that out there. Thank you for what it is that you do. And maybe you could just start by sharing a little bit about your history and what it is that you do as a digital marketing guide, what that actually means. That means, right? So years ago, for whatever reason, I had to leave my corporate job, a bunch of things. And I had started making things. I started a business making custom tote bags because I could work that around taking care of my mom with her injuries and my own kids and whatever. And I realized, all right, well, you can't just like sell it to your neighbors and your family. You've got to get out there and do the things and made a website and I also created a, uh, what I'm, my legacy is that I created a women's networking group so that we could all support each other, tie our boats together, much like you do in your community, right? Like we've got to tie our boats together. We've got to understand what everybody's goals and goals are so that we can, as, as particularly as women, help each other to grow with that. And as I was doing that, doing the digital marketing, you know, the, the website and the email marketing and then social um, for myself, I realized that I loved it. <laughs> Allie, I was, I am so addicted to dopamine and I get it. I get that pushing those buttons and making those links like that totally gives me that addiction. That's why I never let my kids have um, video games. Cause I knew that I would be the one up till three in the morning playing them. <laughs> So I could put that addiction to good use and start studying search optimization and conversions and website stuff and, and analytics and all the things that, that gave my brain the connections that it needed to, to have. My job before that was in quality control. I was a scientist. And so it's pretty much the same thing. Like, what do you need to do? What are the processes you need? What are the checkpoints you need to check in? How can you communicate clearly what the expectations are so that everybody can follow them. And I feel like that training in the sciences and then in quality control is what led me into being able to hang my shingle as a digital marketing strategist. Okay. And do you have specific audiences of people that you typically work with? Yes. So now I am working with, I'm working with the people I want to spend my days with. I am working with transformation creators. I'm working with energy healers, light workers, coaches, um, teachers, people who understand that the people that they need, that they want to work with or that they're working for are going from point A to point B and that we, right, as the energy healer, as the light worker can be their guide to take them through a transformation. So I'll tell you that because I want to spend my day with these people and because these are the people I spend my day with helping, I understand, 
I understand this, Allie. So this is what happens. When I say to, so when I'm in a room with the people that I just described and I say, I do digital marketing. I'm a digital marketing guide and I will help you with your email with your email marketing. Here's what I see happen and if you're listening you just know what I'm I'm doing. I see them kind of like hunch their shoulders, like hold their like kind of squint like they oh, it's just like oh, their bodies. <laughs> oh, yeah, they feel it. Yeah. And the reason that I feel that I'm suited to help these particular people through this is that I, I love the tech. I love teaching the tech. I love taking the mystery out of the tech. But more than that, I offer a mindset shift in the rise above noise. I have five pillar system. Maybe we can get into in a little while, but really the focus of it is to understand that the only reason you do marketing is so that you can show up and marketing is not the same as selling or pushing. And so I would say that marketing is showing up in service, showing up so that the person who needs you can find you. And I think that's, the, that's really the only reason to do marketing is to be consistent and to show up for the person. Somebody woke up last night and needed something, and maybe you were that person that could help them through that, but they don't know because they can't find you. Yeah. Yeah. You can't help people unless they can find you. One of the people that inspired me to use the language that I use and to work with the people that I work with was one of my earliest clients was a, um, a parent coach, Jamie. And when she explained to me what she was doing with, with, as a parent coach, how she would go in and work with the, with the parents to, uh, to help them understand their children's behavior and to work with the parents and the children on strategies like maybe some breathing or meditation or maybe some art or maybe some tactical like t- feeling things and going out and and observing so whatever the the things that she was bringing into that family so that the child could be happier the parents could be happier and i thought about her that night after we spoke once and i thought oh my gosh she has her finger on the future if she can help that child be a happier, better adjusted child, if that child grows up in control of his or her own emotions, if that child knows how to go to school, preschool, middle school, high school, college, and work in community and have the coping techniques to be a good friend, a good partner, a good student, my gosh, just I'm, I'm right. And then that person goes on and becomes, a, uh, works in, a, in an organization where also uses those same techniques that she's offered to him, gets married, has children. And so now she's perpetuating these coping techniques, which don't involve necessarily drugs or alcohol or rage or anything else. So she really, I thought, oh my gosh, she is creating such a ripple And that's why I wanted to help more people like her. She didn't want to do email. She didn't want to show up in social. Uh, Her website was kind of minimal because she felt like she was bragging. And then until you realize that people need you and that it's not bragging, it's letting people know how you solve their problems. And I know you've gone over all of this in your group before, but I just wanted to kind of share with you this story that brought me to where I am now and who I want to help. No, I think it's a a huge awareness piece that, 
you know, even if we've heard it once before, it's a message that often we need to hear again, because I think so often as um, massage therapists who, you know, help facilitate healing for other people that we get into this, this humble mode of like, you know, not wanting to, not wanting to toot our own horn too much. So I really appreciate your story and just the reiteration of how important that is. And the experience that I've had with the massage therapists that I've been in community with is that they right, they work with your hands and so much of it is intuitive and scientific, but maybe they don't understand the mat. Well, I'm sure you understand the magic of what, what y'all do, but I don't know if you understand that people don't like what is so easy to you and understandable to you is not what other people understand. So if you are to, if you were to share, I love the science behind it at all, right? Like I'm, again, I'm a scientist at heart. I would read the science behind all of the different things all of the time. So when people are like, I I don't know what to share, I would definitely say sharing the science, sharing the transformation, sharing the stories, the stories of the people that you've helped, what happened, right? What was the before? What was the after? I think that's so important. Yeah. So you kind of bring up something that has been a hot topic within my community lately is I've been talking a lot about consistency with email marketing in my community. And one of the things, the, the pushbacks that I get is people, people don't want to commit to any type of a regular schedule with, with email marketing. And um, I think that there's just a resistance because it's like so hard to think about how do I consistently generate ideas and have have good train of thoughts and um, keep my audience engaged and keep them wanting to hear what I have to say. So what what would you kind of say to that piece of, of email marketing? I get it. I so, so, so get it. So I'm going to um, take a back a step back because I want to give us a map of where we're going to talk, what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So when in the rise above noise, I have five pillars. And I'm going to just tell you, number one is like, know who your client is, know who your ideal client is, know who you are, have a really good, be very firmly rooted in who you are, what your non-negotiables are, what is your mission and how do you want to serve? So that's the first step. So now to your point, I'm going to talk about my step number two and three. So two is creating compelling content. And whether or not you're blogging, sharing on social, or writing emails, what I'm going to give you now, this tip, we could, I could give you this tip and you could leave, but don't. But you could because this is, this is so good. I want you to take an, a pad of paper. I love those yellow legal pads or a notebook that you have or whatever. And even if you're a digital person like I am where you like to keep your list on digital, I'm going to suggest that you go to paper. And a paper, someplace where you'll keep it close by and write something about pen to paper is so powerful. Write a list of all the questions anybody has ever asked you about anything to do with you, your business, your clients, um, your techniques, your strategies, your results, all of those things. Write down, the, now, I'm not telling you to write the answers just now, but just write every single question down. And then I want you to turn on like a spidey sense kind of and start listening in your communications with your clients or with your community 
of what they're asking you. It is so second nature to you. It's probably like breathing to you what you do, that you don't think about how magical it is for us muggles who don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you press here, why you don't. I don't know, right? But I want to know. I'm curious. People are curious. And so write them all down. Then start looking for more questions people are asking you. If you have a website, go ahead over to your website and you'll find that you've already answered a lot of these questions too. Again, don't write down the answers, but write down the questions. Keep this list going. Keep it going. I would, I would challenge you to come up with two pages, two lined pages of questions that people ask regularly. You could even go to a competitor's website and see what answers they're giving for questions. And now you've really answered the question that you just asked me, Allie. How do, what do I even have to share? I don't even know what to do. Now you will never, ever, ever sit down at your computer and go, what should I write about today? More than that, you will never, ever, ever sit at your computer and say, oh, I should probably share something today. I'm not sure what to share. Let me go see what other people are sharing. And then three hours later, you have 55 tabs open and you don't remember why you were there in the first place. That never happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm saying protect your time and your energy. There is nothing that will suck your energy more than going out to seeing what other people are doing on social media. Yes. Right. So when I'm talking, so that was step two was compelling content. And I hope I gave you something to to add to you recently, kind of, you know, when I got asked this question too, I, I started to think, well, how, cause I, I've been doing regular emails for since 2010. And um, I was thinking, well, how do I do that? And I think a lot of times what I like to do too, is I like to look at what's going on in my life mm-hmm. because if I can kind of flip the script about what's going on in my life and find a way to make it client centered and address some need that my clients are have or are going through, then it's like, I don't ever have to search for ideas because I just look at what's going on in my life and how could I be helped if I was the client? So like um, Susan and I, we both discussed before the show started that we both have puppies and um, they're like 10, 11 weeks old. Both of them are kind of similar in age. And I just drove out to Arkansas to get my puppy. So I spent 40 hours in a car. And so I'm like, what am I going to write about for my weekly email? Well, I decided to write about ergonomics for road trips because that's something that could be flipped and provide value to my client while also kind of just tying into whatever's going on with my life. So brilliant. So there's two things that happen there. Yeah, one, you're relatable and you came up with content. And the other thing is that in telling this story, people see themselves, right? So that's the third part of the Rise Above Noise pillars is, is telling the stories, sharing, sharing the stories of people that you've helped, the testimonials, the referrals. And so what you've done is kind of told your own story about how to protect your body during a long, long period of inactivity like that. And that's what people are looking for anytime. So I know we're going to talk about subject lines in a little bit, right? So you can tell the best story you can, people could like read your story and be like, that was the best story ever. But if they don't open your email, they don't get it. Right. So in coming back for a second, step two and three, compelling content and stories, then it's a matter of, yes, we're going to talk about how to use those in emails. That's what we're talking about today. But I will just take a step back and say, now repurpose that 
everywhere you can, right? Take out the little nuggets and put it on your social, put it on um, your website as a blog if you can, and make sure that you've got calls to action and inbound links. And um, I meant, uh, yeah, inbound links and outbound links to other places on your website so that they, uh, people will see it there. Make it evergreen in some place, some way is what I'm saying. Right, right. Don't just use it once. And, and I think that's another way to protect our energy, right? Is we only have a limited amount of time. So if we can take one piece of content and use it in multiple places, we've essentially saved some of our energy. Yes. And if you're using a scheduler, right, if you love this juicy blog about ergonomics that you just made, then you know what, go ahead and market, make a nugget so that you can go ahead and share it three months, six months out and link it to the same blog. Yeah. Because people aren't really necessarily going to remember it or they're not in the same place and it's just going to hit people a different way. So go ahead and, and take the nuggets from that piece of content and reuse it six months, a year, like just schedule it out and you don't even have to worry about it. You'll find that your whole scheduling calendar can get full pretty quickly um, with evergreen content if it is indeed evergreen. I love that. So then uh, we've gone through the first three steps. What's step number four? So step number four, again, time energy is our only true currency. Find the systems that work for you to organize yourself and schedule things like I was just talking about, right? Like just schedule your posts out so that you don't have to bring yourself to that creative energy every single time. You block out some creative energy and you do the things. And of course, there's a lot of different things you can do, but Find what works for you. There are so many ideas out there. When I work with my clients, I really, I mean, that's the first thing we have to talk about. What gives you joy? What do you hate to do? And how can we work this out so that whatever you're doing, you're able to do it consistently. You're able to do it with a strategy, whether you set a timer or you have time block or however you do it, what tools you're going to use so that you plan it. You spend your energy as you're planning on spending your energy. You don't have any of that scattered energy kind of just getting out there and you do the things that are going to move the needle um, in a way that feels right to you. So many people are shooting on themselves, right? Like I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And some of the pushback I get on this organizing and scheduling thing is, but I want to be organic and I want to be creative. And I get that. I understand that. I listened to, I think it was a Donald Miller. It might've been um, Dr. JJ Peterson on his, his blog. And he was talking about this particular topic of scheduling. And he said, you know, uh, take a musician, right? Somebody who plays the guitar, they have creative license, right? Like they're going to play a tune on the guitar, but without having done the scales and without having practiced and without kind of knowing what the rules of making music are, they can't then branch out into their creativity. They've got to have some kind of railway to be on in order to then be their creative. And I would say the same. If you have, for instance, I'll just give a quick example. If you decide, okay, I'm going to schedule out three posts a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and you go ahead and go, all right, every Monday, it's Monday motivation. Every Wednesday, I share a testimonial or a case study or an interesting story. And every Friday, I'm going to share a resource. And now you sit down for an hour and you can schedule two months worth of Mondays, a month and a half of Wednesdays, maybe Fridays, maybe will be a little more difficult. 
Those are your guide rails. Now you can show up in between all those times with your organic time, you know, in the moment kind of thoughts. Yeah. Right. But you know that, all right, if I don't feel like posting today, it's good. I've got something going out tomorrow. Yeah. It's, it just makes everything so much easier. We got things to do. We got puppies to take outside. That's right. (laughs) Puppies, you need to be out every 15 minutes. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Okay. So then step number five. Step number five is keep in touch. Okay. Yeah, right. So all of these things are so that you get to show up and be of service. So be keeping in touch. I have to tell you something. I, I am not a phone talker. I don't like making phone calls necessarily. I will schedule a phone call and show up, but I'm not one to just pick up the phone. Hey, how are you doing? Um, I would never take a cold calling call, but there are people in my life who are fantastic at that. And I never mind if they call me. If you're a phone caller, phone call away, like whatever you do to keep in touch. For me, because I'm digital and I love all the buttons and the dopamine, I, and organizing and lists and strategies and all that, I rely heavily on my contact relationship management system. I use HoneyBook to organize my projects, organize people that I've talked with and make notes to myself of who I need to reach out with. If I've just finished a call, so I just had a bunch of calls today and each one after I finished the call, I made notes on their listing. And then I made myself a reminder of when I was going to call again or or connect with them and just say, thinking of you, how's that project going or something like that. So contact relationship. So then that brings us to email marketing, which is where I spend, you know, 80%, 90% of my time is helping clients strategize, think about, actually do it and implement their, their email marketing in a way it has to, it has to feel good to them. If it doesn't feel good, they're not going to be consistent about it. And in a way that we can measure the results and adjust for the results. So, I know that we wanted to talk a little bit about subject lines today because that's the thing, right? So some of the things you can, me- is all right if I get geeky now? Can I go I was, get I was just going to ask if you could talk a little bit more about that measuring and yes. So please. Yeah, I'm going to go get, I'm going to get geeky on you. In email marketing, what are we going to measure? So you want to measure, of course, your list, your subscriber list, and you want to make sure it's a good list. I don't care if you have 10 people, 10,000 people on your list. What matters is that they've opted into your list, they're interested in what you have to say, and they stay on your list. And now let's talk about open rate. They open your emails, right? So if somebody unsubscribes, I want to tell you, don't worry about it. They're not your person. Don't even don't think twice about it. So good if they unsubscribe, it means you've got a cleaner list. So open rate. So subject lines is so critical to open rate. And I'm going to get into a little bit more detail on that. The other things we measure are click-through rates, which I think is awesome. You're only going to have a good click-through rate if you have A, a good open rate, but then click-through rate is however many people opened it, did they click on anything in your, in your email? And so I'm not going to spend too much time here except to say to you, write this. If you're writing notes, <laughs> write this in huge letters someplace, C-T-A. Call to action. Don't ever put anything out in the world without some kind of call to action. For the people that I work with, mostly the call to action is let's have a free discovery call. It could be 
they're already on your list. So that's not your call to action. That's what it would be on a blog or someplace out in the world. But on email, it's going to probably be hop on a free call with me. Maybe it's download another free resource because then you can tag and tag them with an interest and feed them more interest stuff that they're interested in. Or book, book an appointment. Book an appointment. Right, right, yeah. right. So somehow to make that next step closer to you. You want them coming closer to you always. So on your email, you want to have one, maybe two call, clear calls to action. People like interacting with buttons. Use a button um, if you can. Sometimes, And you can also um, link in the text. You can also link behind your pictures in most of the email service providers. Is there, is there some type of statistic that you know about, about people's interaction with buttons versus just embedded links? I couldn't tell you the numbers, but definitely buttons. People love buttons. And you know those annoying pop-ups on everybody's website? Yeah. Huge conversion rate. Like everyone says they hate them, but everybody's interacting with them or they close them up. But huge, I forget the number, like 40% increase in, in conversions when you have one of those pop-ups versus just having a call to action on like the sidebar or the footer, uh-huh. like get on, get on my email list. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I know. People say, right. People say they don't like email marketing. And like I said, a lot of the people that I uh, talk to, they have a visceral reaction when I see email, when I say email marketing, but are we not all checking our emails all day long? It's like the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning. First thing, yep. last thing at night, yep. when we're bored in the middle of the day, we're waiting in line at the school, at the school, waiting in line at, right. Like maybe we're checking Facebook or Instagram. The statistic I heard was that people check their emails 20 times a day. I believe it. Yeah. I have the great, that's the word I'm looking for, opportunity. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Advantage of working with a number of productivity coaches. And so I pick up all the great tips, like, you know, just check your emails once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once in the evening, set, put it on your calendar, time blocking. That's very, very helpful. It is helpful. Shut off your notifications. Somebody on my email list, Maggie, she has an email autoresponder. I'm very intentional with my time. Please excuse me if I don't get back to you right away. I only check my email certain points at certain times during the day. But she eventually does look at them. Yeah. Anyway, we got off topic there. So in no, so that's click-through rate. You've got to give them something to click through on. So if you've written a blog, bring them over to your blog and have the book now or the call me now button on there. If you're bringing them over to a blog, make sure your blog also has book now or schedule a call with me now, always. So let's see if I have any statistics. Here. You want to talk about s- subject lines then? Yeah, I'd love to hear your your thoughts on subject lines and let me share some stuff with you. Here's what's, here's some things. I already told you guys, I love data and analytics, right? So what we have found is that people will only open the email because of two things. Here's what I should start with first. Emails that we're sending and getting have to be permission-based. So that means somebody has opted to be on your email list for some reason. And so it's really important that they know who you are and what to expect when they get on your list. So the who is sending, check your who is sending. 
it's always going to be even more important than the subject line. I received an email this morning and it just said info. Now I know who the person was because I recognized the email address, Mm -hmm. which was a Yahoo address, but I don't know why she uses that for her business, but the name comes out as info. So really check and see, like send it to yourself and see if it's coming from now, if your email, so my, my emailed address, Susan at rise above noise. So my from is Susan Finn, Susan at rise above noise. I wouldn't say rise above noise, Susan at rise above noise. You know what I'm saying? Like it's for me, it's personal and there's, I'm sending it from Susan. If you say rise above noise, rise above noise, you're losing some really good real estate in there. So really make sure that they, it's, it's a relationship. I'm assuming you're having a relationship. And I, that was what I was just going to say is I think that you're getting at that personal elements of like, you know, it's not just the massage business that someone is receiving an email from, but it's also you, the practitioner. Right. And that right. person. It's a relationship. You're in a relationship with this person, right? Very intimate. And I would say, and an email, even under, even if you sell widgets, an email is very, an e- it, your inbox is very intimate. Like people are coming into your inbox. All right. So let's see. Let's see what I can share with you. Basics of a good subject line. So you have the subject line and you have the pre-header text. Subject line is what everybody will see. And then the pre-header text will show up in some inboxes as the next line. And take a look at it. Make sure that if your email service provider I want to make uh, make something clear. If I say email service provider, I hope that people understand it's something like um, Constant Contact, MailerLite, Active Campaign, MailChimp, all of those. That's what I mean by that. Things that I'm talking about today, I'm not talking about necessarily Outlook or Yahoo or like Gmail stuff. I'm really talking about email service providers. Your subject line has to be short and sweet. More people all the time are only reading things on their phone. And so it's scanned in less than a split second. So make sure it's short and sweet, like cut out as many words as you can to make sure that that you're getting through. The subject line, the main subject line, I would say four to six words. Okay. The pre-header text, you have a little bit more leeway, five to eight words, different people, uh, different inboxes, Outlook, Gmail, they'll show a different amount of that. So make sure your most important words are at the front of that. The first two words are going to be the most important, especially on the pre-header. And Susan, can I just ask from your experience in some of these MailChimp, MailerLite, all these places that people are sending emails from, do you have to specifically designate this pre-header text or does it just pull that first sentence? Oh, such a good question. Most of them will allow you to designate. And if it does do it, some of them don't allow you to. But here's what happens if you don't fill out your preheader. You know how a lot of emails at the very top of it, it says, view this in your browser. Yeah. That's what's going to populate in there. And that's boring. Yeah. So it's going to take the first sentence of your email and pop it in the preheader. So you might as well make sure that you're filling that out. Because I do like the view and browser option at the top. But I'd rather people see that on the email and not in their preheader. I really want people, I really want to give people a reason to open up that email. And that's going to happen. Capture their attention as much as you can. Yeah. So here's things. Don't waste space with this. Like, again, I can't, that's such good real estate. Don't waste space with um, your company name. They're going to see that in the, in your email address, hopefully. Oh my gosh. 
don't do this. There's a few people that I see that do this every, every month. Don't say newsletter, my April newsletter. Nobody cares. <laughs> like maybe they do. We're talking about relationships. Maybe they do, but give them something juicy. Give them something juicy to know what to, what's inside. And then um, don't repeat the information. Like if you say last chance to get your April deals, don't in the pre-header say last chance to save on your favorite mother gifts or something like that. Make sure that you are really using every word strategically. Uh, let's see some subject lines, ideas that people like are, well, maybe if you're funny, maybe you can make them laugh using numbers. People, our eyes love numbers. And if you can use numbers in your subject line, that would be a way to get people to open it a little more. You could be inquisitive. Let's see. The example I have here is, are your investments working for you? That would be something. And you can create a sense of urgency, right? Or fear of missing out. So like last chance or register by Friday or five seats left or something like that. Um, maybe for, for massage therapists, it would be, I have you know three openings left for May or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So different emails are going to have different subject lines. I won't spend too much time on this. So you'll have welcome emails. So if people, if people are just getting on your list, you want to welcome them. And so you want to put a subject line in there that sounds welcoming. Maybe you offered them a discount or a free resource or whatever, make it super clear in the subject line that that's what they're going to open up and see, right? Enjoy your coupon or here's your 25% off or here's your resource. Make sure you do that. Maybe you're keeping track of birthdays and anniversaries. Make sure that you are very clear about that. Happy birthday. Here's something from us. People will definitely open that one. And if you're having a promotion, which I'm looking at my slides here. Okay. Here's something that I want to share with you. This was driving me crazy. It slowed down a little, but gosh, last year, it seemed like everybody was doing this. You need to promise me, anybody who's listening, promise me or promise Allie that you won't do this. You won't be misleading with a forward. You know, the forward. I knew you were going to say this. You because, did. I can't yeah, stand I that. Or they go R E yeah. or in reply to, or urgent take action. Now, like don't be deceptive. Yeah. Well, that also doing those things triggers spam filters. Mm -hmm. so it'll push you further into the spam box or it'll, it'll start flagging your account. So it's, it is really deceptive. And I find it very annoying. Yeah, I do too. I'm glad you mentioned spam. So this is my next thing. So spam, when you're thinking about spam, spam, what I'm going to say to you, um, anyone who's listening, go look in your own spam box. I mean, if you take just a few minutes and look and see what's in there, sometimes it's people that, you know, yeah. and trust end up in spam, take a look at their subject lines and see what might've popped them in there. Free, guarantee, if you write the word spam, sometimes those will get you in the spam box. If you write in all uppercase, sometimes that'll get you into the spam box. And if you use too many punctuation marks, too many, and I think that this is something I do because I'm very emotive, so too many exclamation points, too many question marks. For me, I'm, I'm an ellipse person. I've got all the dots going all the time. So those are the things that could get you into the spam box. I tend to just try to not use any punctuation in my subject line, even though it's, it, it's hard for me because I like want to put a period sometimes. But <laughs> and so you just don't? Yeah. Awesome. So now that I went over the basics of a good subject line, 
I'm going to give you some more tips for writing better subject lines. So making it personal, that moves the needle quite a bit. Whenever you can use the word you or your, that's going to make people open it a little bit more, even though they know it's an email that was sent to however many hundreds of people, using the word you or your is going to get them to open it. And if your email provider allows you to put in their name, right? The, first, the bracket, bracket first name. And if it works correctly, I, I sometimes I feel a little, I got to test it a lot of times because I don't want it to come up like your name here. That would be embarrassing. Yeah, I've had that happen. <laughs> yes, but you can usually, so in, in, I use constant contact. And so I could put in first name. And if I had Allie, if Allie was first name, Allie would go in there. If for some reason I didn't have your first name, I would put in, usually I say my friend, something like that. Mm-hmm. So you have that option in con- constant contact that if there isn't, if there isn't a name associated with that e- account, it just automatically plugs in your friend, my friend. Yes. Yeah. Huh, or whatever I choose. Usually it's my friend, but usually I, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I put. That's a pretty neat option. So I want to talk about emojis for a minute. You might love them. You might heart them. You might not love them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you can, I think emojis are interesting because With one emoji, you can convey something that I don't think words actually convey as well. Yes. So you can use an emoji in your subject line, right? Like the heart is a good one. The eyeballs, I love the eyeballs one, the fire one. Take a look at it and see what, you know, look at your results on your email service provider and see if it seems to affect your delivery rate at all. I haven't noticed that it does. I have noticed that using an emoji increases my open rate. I don't have numbers for you, but it does increase my open rate. I had never thought about using an emoji in a subject line. Right? Yeah. So in constant contact, what I do, I'm trying to think if the other ones offer this. In constant contact, I have A-B testing available. And so I'll make a subject line, let's say with the heart at the end of it. And then I'll do the same subject line without it. I'll send the heart one to 20% and it's random. And then I'll send the non-heart one to 20%. And then I tell constant contact after, I don't know, let's say 12 hours, whichever one is performing better, send it to the other 60% on my list. Mm-hmm. So you can do some A-B testing that way. Or you can just kind of look at it on your own and see what, what feels right to you. Yeah, start with just a small, don't use them all the time. Make sure that emojis are supporting your message And test it if you can, send it to yourself in whatever platforms you have available. So send it to yourself. So for instance, for me, I would look at it on my Gmail. Then I would go and look at it on my GoDaddy server, which is now Microsoft 365. I would go and look at it on Safari. I use Chrome usually. I would look at it on Safari and I would look at it on Internet Explorer just to make sure, you know, the first few times, just to make sure it doesn't look like those weird symbols we get sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I do think is effective. I don't think that it's, it doesn't offend me at all. And it does catch my eye. The brackets around the first word or first two words, like um, maybe you've seen it like new webinar bracket, bracket, new webinar bracket, or um, new white paper or new resource or something like that. It, something about putting it in brackets closes it up from my head and says, oh, now I'll go look at the rest of it. Give it a try if that's something, if you're running a webinar or you're run, you want to have a reminder, or again, if you're like, I've only got, you know, 
three spots available, that kind of thing. Try the brackets. It has pretty, it doesn't seem to affect the deliverability and it seems to increase the open rate. Hmm, interesting. Keep the words in the brackets though, to six letters or less. Okay. If you're listening to this and you're like, this is a lot, I'm not writing these down. I have, <laughs> I have this as a presentation, a tutorial. I'll make sure that Allie has the link so that you can get, get this. Now, tips for getting creative. All right. Well, let's see if you're, if you're a creative person, maybe this works for you. So people, our eyes love alliteration. So if you have a way of, um, the, the example I have is six seasonal saving secrets. <laughs> Top trends to try today. Like our eyes as, as people are just called to that. So you could get pretty creative. Some things that people do are um, called chunking, like it's not really a sentence and you're kind of breaking the rules, right? So you could write, um, the example I have is for a clothing store, new tops, period, new jeans, period, new outfits, period, right? Or you plus sign us equals sign more clients for you. So kind of like if you can just break it up a little bit when, when we're scrolling through our inbox so quickly. Like if you can break it up at all so that our eyes are called to it. Which I mean, really, those, that emoji idea is huge for that. You know, that pop of color in the subject line that you wouldn't see in other people's. Yeah, I think so. As long as it's not overused, right? Like not fire, 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 fire. That would be annoying. That would be spam for sure. Yeah. The other thing I use at people's, and I like it, I use it in my titles as well, like on my... Um, on my podcast and my, my weekly series, I use double, double colon to separate things. I, because I love hyphens. Like I said, I love ellipses, three dots, but now I've been doing double colon and something about it makes my, my eyes go there. I noticed it on somebody else's and I kind of borrowed that idea. Illusion. Let's see. Illusion refer to pop culture or famous lines. So this candy store's title, this, their subject line was life is like a box of candy. And they're encouraging people to come fix their own box up at their, fill their own box up. Um, Dave's Halloween Superstore shared, we know what you did yesterday. So these are two pop culture references, which could confuse people that wouldn't understand them. So you got to kind of be careful if you're, if you're using that kind of thing. And then the last tip that I have today is on uh, subject lines is to use power words to trigger a response. There's a slide in the presentation that I'm going to share with Allie that you'll be able to get. So there are power words and you can look up, you can just Google what are power words. I'm going to give you a few. So power words that trigger a response of trust would be dependable, no risk, expert, right? And you, and the massage therapist, I think expert is a I think it's important to self-identify as an expert in your field and to be able to show up in, with, in generosity with the tips that you can share from your place of power. Um, so here's encouragement, amazing, courage, happy. And this is, these are just three out of like a lot that I found online. Vanity, uh, that's when it says vanity, it means like you're kind of pulling on your reader's vanity like making them the hero, letting them conquer whatever it is that they have to conquer, helping them to be remarkable in their own way. Um, curiosity, uh, these are some words, right? Covert, hidden, unlock. And there are so many more. Just go ahead and Google 
I think I share that in the in the tutorial. Google Google Power Words is that what Google we should Power do? Words? Yeah, okay. it's amazing. I did a whole uh, webinar on Power Words with a copywriter. It was it was awesome. So, and just kind of um, wrapping up what we talked about with subject lines, the three main things that I talked about was to make sure that your from name is front and center, that, they, that you're um, building on that relationship you have with your reader, and that the subject line and pre-header text are short, the first two words are the most powerful, and that they're working together to let people know why they should open that email. You want to, number two is you want to be straight forward, right? You just got to let people know what's in there. You want to test any personalization and emojis to make sure that your audience is responding to those. And then go ahead and try some power words or um, creative strategies. Um, one of my favorites, one of my most opens was a subject line that I called, um, this made my mother so happy or something like that. That was a well, good it was one. Funny. When you were talking about pop culture, I was just thinking about, there was an email couple of weeks ago that came in my inbox and it, I immediately wanted to open it. And it was how singing Adele in the shower helped me realize this was the subject line. And <laughs> yeah, like, I follow Michael Katz. He's a, a marketer and he, his emails every week are today I, and then it's different today. I shook hands with my mailman or something like that. Or today I, bought oranges at the store. And then he always writes an email that has something to do with his life uh-huh. and, and marketing. Which yeah. I think is brilliant. Yeah. And you, yeah. And you always know because, because of the relationship, because he has built a relationship with his readers, you know, that he's going to tell a good story. Yeah. I hope that was helpful. I would say consistency is going to be the key. And I, you have my permission to make it short and sweet. Like you don't have to write a whole story each time. Yeah. Right. Just so that you're showing up. Better to be consistent and, and have yeah. something than to have a beautiful story all the time. Three lines, right? Like three lines and booking now, right? Like just so that you keep showing up, keep showing. Up. I wouldn't write three lines all of the time, yeah. but if you're like, it's either nothing or three lines, go with the three lines. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I do have a question for you too about spam and consistency. Does sending on a regular schedule, does that reduce your spam potential? Yeah, the deliverability is a thing. I don't think that is it as much as, let's say that I'm sending to you consistently and you never open mine. Mm-hmm. I might start ending up in your in your spam. Yeah. Right? Or like if... I, I get this. I don't know if everybody gets this or if I have a setting. Every once in a while, I'll get a message from from Gmail that'll say, you haven't opened from such and such in a really long time. Do you want to unsubscribe? Oh, I've never done that before. Yeah. I I don't know if that's a Gmail thing or if it's an unroll me thing, but that happens. And you could be more than going into spam, way more likely that you're going into their promotions folder. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. When I, when my clients um, are inviting people on their list, they're usually doing it with a freebie of some sort, a lead generator, um, or maybe they've become new. In your case, maybe they've become new clients and you're like, is it okay to email you? And they go, oh, of course it is. And you're like, great. So you 
put them on a list and that triggers immediately a welcome email. Mm -hmm. So glad you're part of the community. Here's what to expect. Here's what to expect. I will email you every month, every week, however often you're going to do it every other week. You can expect to hear from me every other week with this kind of content, helpful, helpful things about your body. Uh, One thing. So how often is one thing? The second thing is I will usually say, please mark my, please mark this email as a safe sender or a preferred sender because all too often things end up in the promotions folder. And so I give them a how to, like I link to a page on Google of how to mark a contact as a preferred sender. And I, I, I was just schooled on this because I was always calling that whitelisting. But okay, I, guess, I think it's the same, right? Well, but I guess that, that that's a passe term now. Oh, okay. So, um, so I like your alternative verbiage for that. Preferred sender. Yeah. yeah, or I'll do it. What I'll do is like when I, when, when I work with my clients, I want to see their stuff in my inbox. Like everybody's inbox is just like... Pfft. So I will not only set, set them as a preferred sender, but I will set them as a, what is it? The important one, right? Like I'll, I'll star it and I put it in the important primary folder mm-hmm. so that I'm sure to see that. And I would, you know, and that would be the thing too. Your clients want to learn from you and they want to know of, you know, if you're having a special or you have an opening or something like that, that you're letting them know about, they'll want to know that, that you don't want to get, get that lost in the promotions folder. It was funny. I have a client who comes in every week and I send an email every week and I mentioned something. Well, I had noticed uh, a couple of months ago that he had opted out of my email list. And so for some reason, I was just talking to him about my email list and he goes, I, I want to get your emails. And I'm like, well, you opted out of my emails. <laughs> and he's like, I did. He's like, I never remember opting out of your emails. And I said, I think you did it like after our first session. Uh-huh. So you probably just automatically did it. But um, you know, it's, it's interesting because there are sometimes those people who do want to hear from us, but somehow aren't. And, um, yes. Yeah. And you can't add him back in. He has to add himself back in. Ah, yeah. If he unsubscribed, Uh, right. If he unsubscribed, he has to do that. Yeah. 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 It's hard. It's, uh, you know, people are on my list because I've got all the freebies out there and, and Allie's going to share my, my link riseabovenoise.com forward slash goodies. So I've got lots of free resources out there. And that's how I grow my list is by giving valuable information to people or they're, or they're in my Facebook group or whatever they get on my list. And so when I get the unsubscribes and again, I no good, you don't want my stuff. That's fine. Keep my list clean. But they'll say, I never signed up for your emails. And that is after, right? Like none of those, none of those freebies go out without an automated sequence afterwards. Now that you're on my list, here's what you can expect. And three days later, you're going to get some more and all that reminders at all of them. But it it just shows that they, you know, we get a lot. We get a lot. a lot of emails. For sure. It's nobody's fault. It just happens. If they're not tuned in, it's easy to tune out. And in the beginning of a relationship, it's easy to not really maybe recognize who it is that it's coming from because you just don't, especially if it's, if it's not really clear in the, um, the from column. That's right. Right, right. And what I've been doing is I love all the free resources. I'm so addicted to learning. Are you guys like this? Like, do you sign up for all the free things? So I have a separate email that I use so that my, my business inbox doesn't get too crowded. Yeah. So that's kind of all in a different 
place. And then I'll go in and scan through those for, I used to do that, but then I found that I wasn't going into that email ever. And there were like certain things that I really wanted to make sure that I was seeing. So now I find (laughs) I'm getting too many in my business. Oh yeah. 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 It's hard. It's, it's a challenge, man. (laughs) People who have inbox zero, God bless them. (laughs) So Susan, you have a free offer as well. Don't you? I do. Yep. So you will put in there, uh, you can get my whole, like I skipped a lot of slides, but there's a whole slide presentation tutorial about subject lines that I'm offering um, to Allie's community for free. It's usually, it's usually $17, but I wanted you guys to have it because it was hard for me to just go through this without the visuals. And along with that, there's a book, a resource. If you're a reader versus an online learner, you'll have both resources. Thank you so much for your time and for all of your wisdom and your beautiful spirit. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Allie. It was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, we wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.